0: All right. Well, there you go. Technology. Sometimes it works really well, and sometimes it doesn't. But we are on a series on technology. Uh, My name is Brian Asker. I'm one of the pastors here. And I thought I'd start off by asking you, what does your online profile or presence look like? What is your online image when you... Like, if I were to Google you and look up some things about you. What would I find, you know? Uh, Could I find some pictures about you, maybe on your social media channel? Or maybe you're not on social media, but somebody else is on social media that takes pictures of you. I might be able to find some pictures of you. Uh, What words have you written or what kind of comments have you made on social media? And then I thought about, you know, what kind of biographical data could I find on you? Like, where have you worked? Or... Where have you kind of gone to work to live or to vacation? Well, if you were to look me up online, you might find uh, that I have a personal website that has not been updated in a really long time. (laughs) I'm kind of lazy on that. Uh, You might also find that on my Facebook and Instagram accounts that... Uh, Mostly, I take pictures of me and my family doing our various activities, usually things that involve uh, board games. And, of course, uh, you might find me running or doing fitness activities. But again, I do not post very much on Facebook or Instagram. I'm horrible at that. But Twitter is a whole different story. Uh, Since my son uh, was born, our middle son, I have been posting online almost every day, a summary of the Bible, a passage that I'm doing, plus some comments on what I'm learning. But I'll be honest, that does not garner a lot of followers. <laughs> so I'm not an influencer. What you won't find online uh, about me is things that embarrass me. Because I want to look good. I want people to think I am fit, like I'm smart, and I have a wonderful life. And isn't that kind of true for all of us? We want people to think that we live a good life and that we have a good life. And the wonderful thing about social media is you can curate your own image. You can curate your own brand, if you will. And with our modern-day phones, You can take a picture and doctor it up and make it look even better so your life does look perfect, right? Well, I think what we're really talking about today is our public image. What do we look like to other people? And social media lets us do that. And in today's scripture, surprisingly enough, we're going to look at two people and how they handle their public image we're going to be in luke chapter 18 if you want to open up your bible we're in a series as i said on tech wise living we're thinking about what does it look like to live a christ-centered life in an online world which we're all a part of and last week we took a look at how much time should we really be spending online what does it look like To have good boundaries around our use of technology this week we'll tackle our online image so let's jump into our passage and see what we might learn starting in verse 9 it says to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else Jesus told this parable now right away here in this verse we learn that Jesus is talking to a particular audience. He has a specific group of people in mind. It's kind of those people who think they're better than everybody else and they've got everything figured out. And it says that he's telling them a parable. And a parable is simply a short moral or spiritual story that we don't want to spend too much time digging into all the details. We're looking for the main point. So what's the story? Jesus says, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like those other people robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week and And I give a tenth of all that I get. So let's pause here and look at what is the public image of the Pharisee. Well, the Pharisees were a group of people that were fairly religious. They were known to be very religious. In fact, they were super concerned about the Old Testament laws. They wanted to follow every single one of them to the best that they could, particularly those laws around purity and holiness. And they were so concerned with this that they had come up with hundreds of additional rules that they thought would help them to live into this identity and maintain their purity and their holiness. The fact that he says that he fasts twice a week kind of reveals some of this. It was only required for a Jew to fast once a year. No, it was once a year is what I found. And he's fasting twice a week. And then uh, he also says that he is giving tithes on all of his income, not just the required parts. So in short, everybody would have seen the Pharisee as this really good person, a very religious person, certainly somebody who was right with God. But then there's this tax collector. Jesus says the tax collector... Stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now, the tax collector's public image was the complete opposite of the Pharisee. Tax collectors were known for their abuse, they were known for their extortion. They were despised and hated by people, and they worked for the Romans. The Romans were the oppressors of the Jews. In short, no one was thinking that the tax collector was a picture or model of what it looked like to follow God. And there's no way that he was in any way in right relationship with God. And yet Jesus says in verse 14, I tell you the truth. This man, the tax collector, went home rather than the... Pharisee went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. That word justified means to be right with God or accepted by God. And the audience would have been shocked by this. We hear this and we're like, oh, okay, all right, you know, he's justified. But In their minds, the Pharisee was the one that was already justified. He was already doing all of the right things. So how could the tax collector be justified? He was a jerk. He extorted people. He took advantage of people. And there's nothing in this story that says he's paid any restitution yet. There's no actions that show that he has done anything right. Before we go on, I think it's important for us to say it's not wrong to have a public image. Both of these men had a public image. One was very good, and everybody thought, yes, that's what I want to be like. The other one was very bad. Nobody wants to be like that. But unfortunately, beneath the facade that the Pharisee had of all the goodness, there was some evil in his heart. He was a bit of an overconfident prick. Meanwhile, the tax collectors had a really bad public image. And it would be wrong to say that Jesus did not care about that. Jesus does care about our public image. In fact, in the next chapter, we're going to read the story. Well, if you keep reading, you're going to read the story of another tax collector named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector. He was in charge of all sorts of other tax collectors. And he says, I'm going to pay back four times the amount required of me. And Jesus commends him for his actions. So indeed, Jesus does want our outward appearance to be good. But the reality is that both of these men needed God. One was aware of it and one wasn't. The Pharisee didn't think that he needed God. He was already justified. He was already perfect. But the tax collector, it says, was beating his breast, which was a sign of great mourning. And in this case, it's a sign of repentance. He's realizing that he has committed some wrongs, some sins in his life. And the tax collector's sins were obvious. Everybody knew he was a sinner. Everybody knew that he took advantage of people, that he extorted money from people, that he was literally in bed with the Roman oppressors. But his actions in this story, his prayer, revealed that he was humble and that he knew that he needed God. On the outside, the Pharisee looked good, but if we listen to what the Pharisee said, what he's praying, we find out he's messed up too. He's demeaning. He's dehumanizing other people. He was judging other people. And the truth is that you can look good on the outside, but if on the inside, if your character, if your humility doesn't match what's on the outside, you're a mess. And on the flip side, you can be a mess on the outside. You can look like you are horrible, but if you're humble and you know that you need God, then you're already accepted. Even if you haven't done anything yet to deserve it. And I think some of us here need to hear that message today. You have that sense of, I feel like the tax collector. I am a mess on the outside. If you looked at my life, if you knew what I know about my life, and maybe you feel like everybody does know about your life. You're messed up. You know that you've oppressed or hurt people. Maybe you, you know and you feel like other people know you struggle with greed and lust and pride and any of the other seven major deadly sins out there. You have that sense. I'm messed up, I'm broken. But you know that you need God. That's why you're here today. Because you know you need God. Well, the good news is that God loves you. God cares about you. God hears your repentant heart. And if you're truly repentant, God has already accepted you. And if you feel like you're there, but you just don't know what to do, I would encourage you to follow the tax collector's lead. Say the tax collector's prayer out loud. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. In fact, I think this would be a great thing for all of us to do. Because I think there's a little bit of tax collector in all of us. So let's together recite The tax collector prayer. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Let's do it again. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. One more time. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. If there's a little bit of tax collector in all of us, I think there's also a little bit of Pharisee in all of us. We act like the Pharisee when we think that we're God's gift to everybody else around us. (laughs) When we're self-righteous and confident in our own abilities. When I exalt myself and I think of myself as better than others. Or when I do things so that other people think that I'm amazing. Or when we play the comparison game Thank God I'm not like that person over there. And you know, we can do all those things without technology. But do you know how much easier it is to do those things with technology? We're at a, this, there's somehow this distance between us when we're behind a screen. Studies have shown this, that people are more willing to say things online because there's some sort of a veil between us. So I can post things online that I would never say if you were in the room. And we can post pictures of ourselves that make us look great because nobody actually sees the real me. They only see what I want them to see online. Or I can scroll through my social media feeds, looking at all of my friends and other people and be like, oh, man, I can't believe they do that. What an idiot. What a jerk. It's so easy to quickly come to judgments about other people as we scroll. I think the question for us to wrestle with is, are we building other people up? Or are we building ourselves up? Am I like the Pharisee that's trying to make sure everybody knows that I'm awesome? Or am I using my technology to build others up? The Pharisee was building himself up and tearing other people down. The tax collector knew that he was messed up and knew that he needed God. And as you interact in our online world this, during these days, What would it look like for you to remember that you need God? What would it look like for you to build others up instead of tearing them down? Whether you make that comment or not, if it's just in your head, or whether it comes out in a comment, what would it look like to build others up instead of tearing them down? And what would it look like to honor God with whatever your public image is? To be clear, I'm not advocating that we abandon online world. We live in an online world. It's part of our reality. Some of you may choose not to be on social media. That's fine. You still have a public image, and you even have an online image. I think I can pretty much find everybody here in the room not to be overly creepy. I think there's some things that we could do before we jump online. And whether we're talking... I'm talking online, like even like text messaging. These are things that we do on our phones uh, that are part of our online image. Does what I'm posting, does it honor Christ? We're called to be image bearers of Christ. We're called to represent Christ in this world. So as I post this, am I honoring Christ or... And by honoring myself? As I think about what I'm posting, what I'm texting, whatever you do on your phone, does it have the potential to tear anybody else down? And I say potential for a reason, because sometimes it's unintentional, and we need to learn some things. Sometimes we might say something that, you know, hurts somebody else, and they might tell us, hopefully, and we can learn from that. But It's our job to sit and think, who could this offend? And to the best of our ability, to not do that. And then, I think, you know, as we post, this one is the hardest for me. Is this just building myself up? It's a question for us to ask as we put things out there online. The flip side is, as you scroll, as you read, or as you view online content, I think it's helpful for us to ask the question, is this helping me grow my compassion for humanity? Am I loving others as a result of what I'm doing on my phone? Or is this just causing me to judge other people and to think less of them, to put them down, or to think that, man, I feel so much better in myself. At least I'm not like that guy. And if it is, I think it might be time to put your phone down. Stop using that, whatever it is, online news, social media, like we have all sorts of things online. We live so much of our lives online and we want to be people who follow Christ. We want to be image bearers of Christ in our world. I think as we do, our compassion grows for one another, we love other people and that's what we want to envision for this church that we would be a community that loves other people. We're not judging other people. We all know that we need God. Would we be humble enough to admit it? Let's pray. God, thanks for your word. Thanks for the ways that it reminds us of who you're inviting us to be, who you're inviting us to become. Help us to love others. Help us to build others up. Help us to be mindful of our public image and who we're presenting ourselves to be and ultimately who we're presenting you to be. And Lord, help us not to tear down other people, but to build them up and love them and have compassion for them. We pray these things in your name. Amen.